On today's Question of Faith, how do you approach friends who have had a bad experience with the Catholic Church? Hey everybody, this is Question of Faith. I am Mike Hayes. I am the Director of Young Adult Ministry in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damien Ferentz, Vicar for Evangelization. And I am Emily Allen, Director of Archives for the Catholic Diocese of Cleveland. Ooh, Director of Archives. Yeah, you have one of the coolest titles around, I think, Emily. (laughs) You're also one of the youngest people in the building, right, in Cathedral Square? You know, I might be the youngest. Not 100% sure. You or Danae, probably, huh? Probably. I would think, yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. We should have Danae up at some point. Danae Hummond works for our foundation upstairs. We should have her come by one day. Yeah. She did that uh, little cool commercial we did when we were uh, putting some jobs out where she was mm-hmm. the official diocesan dog walker. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Anyway, we'll put that in the show notes if you haven't seen that yet. But we're talking about friends today, maybe friends who've had a bad experience with the church. And Emily, I know you were a focus missionary when uh, you just got out of college, correct? That is correct. I served with focus. Um, I was on campus at Slippery Rock University in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour north of Pittsburgh. And I did that right after I graduated from college. Nice. For two years, one year, or what? I ended up doing it one year. So everybody everybody who knows what a focus missionary is and what they do knows that most focus missionaries serve for two years. I was one of the unique ones that only ended up doing it for one. Okay. Um, much like the Lord sometimes calls people to the seminary and then calls them back out, he called me to do focus and then was like, no, Emily, not two years. So I just did one. But it was it was a good year. It was a good year. And I'm glad I did it. Yeah. That's cool. And so I'm sure you encountered uh, students on campus who maybe wanted nothing to do, as I did when I was in, the, in campus ministry, who wanted nothing to do with the church. When I was at the State University at Buffalo, I was the chaplain of the medical school. And one of the things that they asked me to do was to be the chaplain for the gross anatomy lab, which was the coolest thing I've ever done. I, Sounds I have this gross. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm here with all these cadavers in the, in the middle of the – and, yeah, we did a little prayer service for them. We did a prayer of Thanksgiving at the end of the year for people who donated their bodies to science and for their families um, and to continue to pray for them. Um, but I used to say I was there for people who pass out and people who freak out. <laughs> and. Mm. But the the thing that some people in that situation, obviously, who were in gross anatomy in med school, wanted nothing to do with the church, and they'd actually put their hand up when I'd come near them, and they'd say, strictly secular, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Which was, they're just like, don't come near me. I don't want to talk to you, which was like the rudest thing ever. I was like... You know, I'm I'm just here to kind of see how you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm good. And they're like, yeah, okay. You know, and yeah, it ended up working out. You know, and some people were a lot more inviting than that, obviously, which was great. But um, I'm yeah. wondering what your experience was on campus. Yeah, Slippery Rock wasn't overly hostile. Um, and you have to remember, Slippery Rock is in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania, um, so it's pretty cons- it's a pretty conservative area to begin with. So a lot of students were practicing some sort of religion. Um, our task was mostly just to kind of like take them to the next level. Now that doesn't mean I didn't get rejected on campus. My personal favorite was, um, so at the beginning of every semester we would go, we would go hard. Like we would be out there handing out lollipops, handing out popsicles, like shaking hands, meeting people just like, like, Hey, we're having this event at the Newman center. Like we would have something like every, every week or every day of the week during the first week of the year. And um, so I had this bowl of dum-dum lollipops and I was out in the corner in the middle of the quad, just like handing out my lollipops. 
And, you know, people would ask me, they'd be like, oh, like, why are you handing out these lollipops? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a missionary. Like, you know, we're working with the Newman Center. We're having this really cool bonfire event tonight. Like, you should come. And I remember this one girl, she, like, took my lollipop and she was like, I think this is super great that you guys have this on campus for students who, like, have, like, you know, are Catholic or or interested in anything like that. And she's like, this is, this is great. And I was like, well, like, you know, do you want to get coffee sometime? Like, you know, we could talk about this. Like, you know, this is for you too. Like, this isn't just for students who are already Catholic. And she was like, um, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of busy. Like I just, you know, and then she just like, you know, walked away mm. and ran away. Um, Sounds like dating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so my team director, like, I was telling her about this experience, and she was like, you just got rejected. She's like, this was your first rejection. We have to celebrate. (laughs) And so we went back to our – so I lived – I was on a team of four, so two women, two men. I lived with the other female missionary, and she was my team director, so I had the awesome experience of living with my boss. It was a wild time. Um, But she had these, like, little confetti cannon poppers that she (laughs) bought at the dollar store. And she was like – and we went out into our front yard, and we shot them off. And we were like, whoa, you just got rejected! (laughs) It's a really fun memory now. Um, But we would get – so we would – one of the things after this, like, first week of the year, we would do – um, we would go out every Thursday during a certain period of time and we would give give out lemonade. We would just give out lemonade. The idea was just to talk to people. Um, and so we would take this big like got cooler and it had the name of the parish. It was at the time it was St. Peter's Parish. It had the name of the parish on the side of the got cooler. And so we would be very like very chill, just like, hey, you want a cup of lemonade? Like come sit, chat for a minute. And they'd be like, why does that say St. Peter's? Like, what are you, what are you doing? And we're like, we're just giving you lemonade, man. <laughs> like, that's all we really want here is, is, is to give you lemonade. So that kind of skepticism, um, you know, I never remember mm-hmm. being like completely run off of campus. Although there was one person I met um, when, I, when I was handing out lemonade to her. And we had connected because she's from the South Hills of Pittsburgh like I am. She played softball like I did. And I was, and so I, like, tried to become friends with her. And at one point I took well, – we went out to dinner and I was like, hey, like, I, you know, I have this Bible study. Like, you really should – do you want to come sometime? Like, I think it would be really cool. And she's like, yeah, no, not interested. And that, that happens. Yeah. You know, we, get, we all have the freedom to say no. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that even on a Catholic campus, that was often my experience. People would just be like, yeah, no, not so much. That the One of the interesting things for me was like the, the deacon who worked with me, Deacon Gary Andalora, so shout out to him. Um, he had said to me that he was surprised when he came on the campus that there weren't there wasn't really a high mass attendance at time from time to time, you know. And I said, well, I said, you know, a lot of, there, there's a lot of commuters and a lot of people go to mass with their family. I had done like extensive research on this. It's like I said, there are, you know we're about fifty percent resident, fifty percent commuter. I said so. There's a good deal of people who just go to mass with their family. I said so. We should we should just know that. And I said and I've got some proof here from the surveying stuff. And I said, but you know, I so said I did a really unscientific survey, which entailed going around the library and just asking people, "Hey, are you Catholic? Do you go to mass on campus here, basically?" And then, what do you think was the number one reason why people said 
know that they didn't go to mass on campus who were of the people who were catholic what do you think their reasoning was or probably that it was too early in the morning i know the answer so i can't say yeah, it. i think did, yeah, i think they, you mentioned this to me once before that's yeah. my guess is that it was well, too early in the morning nope because our mass was at nine thirty at night okay one of our masses was at night at night is one. it this that they hadn't been invited or they didn't have anyone to sit next that's to? that's correct that was the it. latter mm. one the, i didn't i don't have anybody okay, to now sit i'm not surprised with. yeah i don't have anybody to sit with and i was like Really? That's all it takes? <laughs> I was like, it's really all it takes is an invitation. It, it's amazing. That's what they told us when I went for my first summer of training. Because even though I only served for one year, I ended up doing two trainings. The first year, first class, first day, they told us our job is to make invitations. Yeah. And that was, and you know, every, he's like, you could serve here for f- two years make a thousand invitations, everybody could say no to every invitation that you made and you would still be a successful missionary because that is your job is to make invitations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Mother, right. Mother Teresa says it's uh, not about success but faithfulness. That's what God's looking for. Yeah. That's yeah. true of priestly vocation. That's true of anything in the church really is ultimately it's relational and it's personal because it's not a system. It's it's people and persons and inviting people in. And rejection is part of it. Jesus said that that would be part of it. And it's not like you're um, shooting off those, you know, party poppers to say, oh, yes, we got we got rejected. Ha ha. It was like, this is part of being a disciple that you're going to go out and sometimes people will reject the message. They will reject you. And it's it's not in a way to gloat, but to say, this is part of the experience, right? This is going to happen. It was, and you'll it was have a check mark. Yeah, like yeah. You, are, you are now that much more conformed to Christ because uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> you, know you two have now been rejected. Right. Right. And it's like in, a, in our humanity, like we hate being rejected. Like no one, mm-hmm. no one wants to be told no. Mm-hmm. And so, right. you know, the party poppers, I think was my team director's way of like trying to deflect that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They said yeah. No. Don't be a downer. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's interesting. You know, so that, that was us on campus, right? You know, where it was sort of our job to do this. So w- what about in our lives where it's not our job, you know, where, where you just have, you know, random friends? You know, I, I, I always say I, I'm real exciting at cocktail parties because then when people walk around, what do they ask you? When you're at a cocktail party, you don't know a lot of people. Oh, gosh. What, what do you what do? do, you, do? You, you, you have can, probably experienced You this. can tell yeah. within five minutes what people think of the diocese as soon as they find out I work for them because people either get really excited or they get really not mm-hmm. excited. Yeah. And you, it's it's very, very easy to tell and, and even where just people what they fall. Think, yeah, and even just what they think of the church, right? You oh, know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, or, you know, and I'm, because I'm a lay person and I'm, and I'm a minister, right? You know, just as you are, Emily, you know, that's the whole other thing. Like, so wait, so you're a priest? No. So you're a deacon? Well, maybe someday, but no. <laughs> like, <laughs> so what are you? And so now I have to go and explain that, you know, to them, which is great because I've I've kept them engaged a little bit. You know, like I've I've learned to embrace this as someone as a white person who's working in the church. I'm like, okay, I, I at least have their attention now because they think I'm weird. So. <laughs> Let me just take this for what it's for what it's worth and start talking. Um, and people just then feel obliged to ask you like ten thousand questions about Catholicism, you know, which is which is good and bad. Sometimes you know, you sometimes you have the opportunity to hear their story, 
But then sometimes you have the opportunity to really hear their story and their anger, and you know, and then what you have to do with that. You know, it's 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 a it, the whole thing. I look at it as an opportunity, but at the same time, it's also a lot of sadness that goes along mm-hmm. with it. Oh, it's totally an opportunity, and I say this all the time. So now, in my role as director of archives, like it's a little less ministerial um, and more administrative. But I mean, anytime someone calls me or my coworker and we answer the phone. Um, and they're talking to the diocese and, you know, no one can see this. I'm doing air quotes, but like, you know, right. we've, we're part of this whole corporate church thing. Um, you know, that's an opportunity for evangelization. Like I'm not going to answer the phone and say, hello, have you heard about Jesus? Would you have you, when's the last time you've been to mass? You know, would you like to, <laughs> would you like, like to come to today? To confession. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not going to do that. But you know, if they hang up the phone and they say, wow. I talked to Emily, the archivist, and she was so nice. You know, maybe these diocesan people aren't all that bad. That's that's a door. That's a door right. that I have just opened that now the Lord can enter into. Mm. I find calling people back, yeah, writing people back, responding to emails, those things. Uh, oh, the vicar for evangelization called me today, or he wrote me a handwritten letter. Those kind of things can go a long way too. And yeah. like you, I've I've experienced both people being overjoyed hearing I work for the diocese and then anger. I've been called pedophile. I hate you, that kind of stuff, just because I'm wearing my clerics. And I I wear my clerics a lot, but obviously if I'm going to a concert or a ball game, I'm usually dressed for a concert or a ball game. And it's fun for me to strike up a conversation with someone good 10, 20 minutes in, and then they ask what I do. And then I tell them like, are you kidding me? Like, you, you're not, you're, are, you, are you serious? And then I got to pull out my priest card. And 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 it's, it's shocking because what people have in their mind of what a priest should be or look like um, sometimes gets shattered when they meet priests in person. You know, it's yeah. not what they see on TV or in a film. Um, especially you go, like, I love music, you know, at yeah. the House of Blues or at the, the Beachland Ballroom and you run into people and they find out you're a priest. And a lot of them who like music will say, oh, the priest likes music. So there's a, there's an inroad there. And I think to answer your question, Mike, how do you reach someone who's been hurt by the church or harmed? A big part of it is simply listening and being with and letting them know you understand them as one who stands for Christ in his church. And we all do in, in different ways. And the coming back through the relationship, you know, because a lot of times what they're mad at can be the institution because of a particular individual. And if it a particular individual could drive someone away, so too can a particular individual perhaps by the grace of God draw someone back in, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's really, right. it's the only way. Like we're, we're all drawn by individuals, you know, all those students that you encountered on campus who were like, well, I'm not going to mass because I don't have anybody to sit next to. Like all it would have taken, you know, if a focus missionary was there or a disciple of a focus missionary was there who knows how to make invitations. And again, like it's not rocket science. Like you literally just invite the person, um, you know, and said, hey, would you come to mass with me? Then they might come because right. now they have someone to sit next to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did the plus one mass as, as an experiment. We said – Okay, everybody who's like a regular mass person, we want you to bring a friend next week. We want you to intentionally go out and just bring someone who you think is interested in coming to mass. We doubled our attendance in one week wow. and held it for like three weeks. That's and then, amazing. And then spring break happened. We had to start all over when they came back, you know, because <laughs> yeah. people forget things, you know. 
Um, right. but it worked, you know, I was like, I was like, mm-hmm, okay. Uh, you know, and I was like, okay, here I am master's degree in theology. And this is <laughs> what the problem is, is that people just don't know how to invite other people. Okay. Let's start here. That's a good, th- that's, that's actually a really good piece of news, right? It's mm-hmm. a, that's all it took. That's, I think, I think a lot of people think evangelization is rocket science. It's not, it's really not that hard. You just live your life as a disciple of Christ and invite people along the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's so we talk about this on the show a lot. The most basic and obvious and fundamental things are so easily overlooked because they're so basic, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, Jesus met uh, Peter and Andrew. They were washing their nets. Come follow me. There's your invitation, and they did. There's something about that call, you know. So, yeah. You know, Pope Francis said recently he wanted people to read the Acts of the Apostles because what is that? They you know they. The people who were drawn by the early the early church by the early disciples said, "See how they love each other." You know that was the witness. It wasn't like some grand, you know, uh, treatise that Peter said or some grand thing that that Paul said. It was they looked at the the experience of the disciples and said, "See how they love each other," and they gained you know far more converts by that. And know? we're we're reading through the Acts of the yeah. Apostles right now every day at Mass, and it's amazing that these were. Apostles, the Acts of the Apostles, who fell asleep when Jesus said, stay awake with me. Right. One uh, said that he we denied that he even knew him, you know, three times. And now they're going out and being Jesus in the world and the way they preach and teach and heal and eventually give their lives too. So, yeah, it's all it's all relational. I think I've been so surprised in my own personal life when I'm, when I'm not on campus by my other peers. Um by their acceptance of my invitation most of the time. Like the person who I've who I thought would come to mass least has always been the first person to accept the invitation. It's, yeah, you know what? Okay. I think you know I kind of like your take on religion and I kind of like, you know, the things that you say and I'm, you know, to be honest, I really like some of the things that you're doing and I hear and you have some great enthusiasm for this. So there's got to be something here. So I decide to come. It's, it's always that way. It's always that way. It's yeah. always the people. They told us that. Um, so those of you who don't know, Focus Missionaries fundraise their salary. Right. Um, and so when they were training us to fundraise our salaries, they told us it's always the people that you think aren't going to give That's who right. give. Um, and I, I I didn't believe them, but yeah. it's true. Mm. <laughs> so and it's I, of course, called all the people that I was like, oh, these people will totally give me give me money every month and they like hesitated and then the people i was like "Eh, well they're probably not gonna they gave me the most Hmm. they really did i found the people who had less money often gave the most you know that that's another truth now now, people who have more money sometimes get asked all the time to be fair right right but like when we were going to to nicaragua you know i asked someone who is really well off and i was like oh bob will totally give me money and he I think he gave me 20 bucks. You know, and I was like, "Really?" That's why Bob has a lot of money. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was this little God dental bless you, Bob. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Hope Bob. That's not his real name. Anyway. It actually is. But oh, that's okay. not the point. He doesn't okay. he, he I don't think he's listening, so we're good. <laughs> and um I didn't use his last name either, so all the Bobs in my life. <laughs> um but there was this little dental hygienist who my wife knew, and she asked her for money, and the woman gave us 500 bucks. Wow. And I was like, okay, she can't afford 500 bucks. Are we sure? And she was like, please take it. I definitely can afford to be without $500. I think this is a great thing that you're doing, so please go and take it with my mm. blessing. I'm like, wow, okay. 
there you go. That's cool. So, anything else that we didn't cover on this? Um, oh, yeah. Pray for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the that's the key. Um, you know, when we used to go bear handing on campus, we would always go in twos. Wait, the, what's bear handing? Yeah, bear handing is when we would walk around campus and we would find someone who was sitting by themselves or like a group of people and we would just sit down and, and start a conversation and, Mm. and, and very intentionally, like a lot of times we would go on campus and not, and, you know, just kind of like let the Holy spirit lead and see where it goes. But there were times where we would go out on campus with the intention of like, Hey, you know, have you considered coming to mass? Do you know who Jesus is? And Mm. like give people a gospel presentation. Mm. Um, And so it's also known as barehanding because you're just going, you know, like Jesus sent the disciples two by two, take no money, take no sack. Oh, I see. That yeah. kind of deal. Um, my, colleague, and, my colleague Michael Galligan Stroll calls that loitering with intent. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of loitering with intent as a missionary. Mm-hmm. But when we go out barehanding, we would do it in twos. And the purpose of that was one person would do the talking and the other person would do the interceding. Oh. And there would be someone sitting oh, there cool. the whole time praying. And that's, and you know, I think that's the key is prayer. You have to pray for the people. Mm. But you also have to listen. You have to see where they're coming from to see what they can receive and when they can receive it. And you can't give up on them. Like, you can't give up on them. Like, they're going to say no, but that doesn't mean you just, like, completely write them out of your life, right? Like, you have to you have to encounter them. Yeah, exactly. I feel like there's so much more that could be said. Um, but the key is just whether they've had a bad experience with the church or not is just invitation and patience and prayer. Yeah, Prayer absolutely. first and foremost. Yeah, and one of the places that we can often pray is in a church. And so we're going to go to St. Augustine in Tremont. What do we know about St. Augustine? I've been there. Have you been there, Emily? It's, it's, it's been a while since I've been there, but they are known for their great Thanksgiving meals yes. that they deliver. And it used to be under the leadership of Father McNulty. Now the pastor is a precious blood Correct. priest. Brother Ben Amenez, SJ, is the parochial vicar, and they also offer ministry in sign language. I know they're well known for that, and yes. their social outreach in the Tremont area. Right. Yeah, my deacon mentor, uh, Deacon Chris Depenti, is there, and um, he took me recently to their fish fry during Lent. Mm. We did Stations of the Cross, and we went to the, the fish fry afterwards, and they showed me their, their, their ministry to the hungry as well. And he said they feed about 400 people a day. Mm-hmm. And he's starting a new food pantry there as well, which is, which is a little different. You know, like the people who come to the hunger ministry are people who are really in need. They have, you know, they're, they're either homeless or they, you know, they don't have a place to live or they have, you know, mental health diagnosis and they're struggling to get through the day. Where the food pantry is more for like working moms trying to stretch the wick check, you know, mm-hmm. so they get a couple items at the food pantry and then they actually go to, you know, Giant Eagle and do the rest of their shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, they do a lot of stuff um, with folks in, in that population, which is really good. My wife does sign language, and Ooh. so uh, she's really interested in the deaf ministry there. So we're going to take a stop over there at some point so that you can see that because she, she did that for years in our parish in New York. So Cool. Very that's cool. Awesome. It's fun. Yeah, so that's St. Augustine's in Tremont. Our readings this week uh, – Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. From John's Gospel, chapter 14. I thought it was interesting that Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Which meant, you're probably going to be troubled, but don't let your hearts be troubled. Mm. You know, it's all going to work out. It'll be fine. I am with you. Don't be afraid. Emily, you have any thoughts on that? When you started talking about... um 
you know, don't let your hearts be troubled. I was immediately thought of the number of times in the gospel that Jesus says, be not afraid. Yeah. Like he's always, he's always reminding us like, Hey, it's going to be okay. Yeah. The most often, be okay. most often word, the most often used phrase in the Bible. Be not afraid. Do not be afraid. Yep. Mm. Yeah. I think it's very easy because I've fallen in this trap many, many times when there's, when your heart is troubled to go try to fix something in your life to make it untroubled. And Jesus is like, I'm the one who does that. I'm the savior. Like, come to me. I'll give you my peace. Um, something the world can't offer. And it's easy to just, especially as Americans, we can be very autonomous, kind of pull yourself up by the bootstraps, fix yourself. In the spiritual life, that doesn't work too well. It's uh, called Pelagianism. It's an ancient heresy. Um, yeah. So we need to avoid that. Yeah, I'm very do. much a bootstraps person. I fall on my face frequently, and the Lord's like, "Would you? Would you just let me do it? Yeah. <laughs> would you just let me do it? Yeah, please? it doesn't mean you don't work hard. <laughs> I like working hard too, but you can't do everything. You can't save yourself. That's right. No. Yeah, yeah, it would be a shame yeah. if you had to do everything because you can't. Right. So you, you need help. Yeah, it takes a little humility or a lot. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so that's our program for today here at Question of Faith. Uh, if you have a question of faith, you can email that to me, mhays at dioceseofcleveland.org, and uh, we'll answer it here on the podcast. So join us again here next week on Question of Faith. Here's some rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs>